if I get my head down and do my work, it won't be recognized. I have to proactively PR myself. When I do, I feel very uncomfortable <laughs> doing it. It doesn't come naturally to boast about my own work. Feeling shaky after maternity or another long leave from work? Comeback Coach is the Wobbly Bottom podcast about kick-ass comebacks with coaching psychologist Jessica Chivers. She's exactly what you need when you're riding the return to work roller coaster. In this coach episode, you're going to eavesdrop on a one-time coaching conversation. Jessica also hosts shorter comeback episodes where we hear the wobbly moments and success stories from someone who's made a comeback. My coach here today is a PR professional who's previously been completely in love with her job, but since returning to work after maternity leave and having significant changes to her role because of COVID, she says she's become resentful, unmotivated and stuck. Our conversation is taking place when Chloe is six months back at work and getting ready to go on maternity leave number two. Now, before we hear from Chloe, here's something really wonderful about job love from our season one sponsor, Raiden Solicitors. Raiden's is a specialist family law firm based in the southeast of England and in their recent employee opinion survey over 80% of respondents said they would reapply for their current job and their happiness at work score was a very impressive 8 out of 10. So if you're a family lawyer looking for a new role this really might be the place for you. Equally if you're in need of a family lawyer then know that you'd be working with lawyers who really feel good about where they work and in my experience that translates to a better outcome for clients have a look at raidensolicitors.co.uk and you'll find it in the show notes. Chloe, welcome. Tell me about what's on your mind. Hi, Jessica. Quite a few different things. I think it's been a bit of a tumultuous year, especially when it comes to work. I've returned to work during lockdown, a week into lockdown I had to return early because my husband's work had stopped entirely so I came back to work four months after giving birth actually just short of four months which is a bit crazy to think and then I basically went from doing PR which is my normal job to being forced onto new accounts and into new areas which I don't necessarily want to get into actually I know I don't want to get into them and sort of forced to stay on them and I got to a point where I wanted to leave my job find a new job and move somewhere where I would be able to do what I want to do then I found out I was pregnant with our second and so I couldn't really move and I feel like at the moment a bit in limbo and a bit stuck where I don't feel like I can leverage for better working (laughs) basically where I am now but I also don't have the ability to move on which is sort of what I've always done I've always just up and left if I've got to a point where I just don't think there's a progress where I am. So our conversation today then I'm listening and I'm wondering whether you would like us to focus our conversation initially on how you cope with this feeling of being in limbo and how you perhaps make the work situation a bit better a bit more rewarding a bit more satisfying for you or whether you want us to take the conversation out into the future beyond that second maternity leave you know choice is yours tell me what's most useful can I have both well you can <laughs> but we need to decide where you want to start I'd really like to have a sort of short-term coping plan how to make the most of where I am now 
in terms of possibly getting a promotion because I feel like I probably do some sort of move upwards and then just having in the back of my mind a feeling of reassurance that I sort of know where I'm going to next and what I'm looking for next. So I think it's sort of to be happy where I am now, I need to know that I'm moving in the right direction as well. Yeah, I hear you. So tell me then, if I were to wave a magic wand and... (laughs) I mean, magic wands are wonderful, aren't they? Mm. I often use a magic wand. So there's a magic wand that can create the kind of work experience that you would like to be having now. Could you just tell me as much as you would like to say about how you would like things to be for you, where you currently are? Ah, I'd like to be recognised, I think, for my work and be given a promotion. I'd love that and deserve it as well. I wouldn't want to be given a promotion and feel undeserving so yeah I'd I'd really like some recognition and to feel like I'm progressing and I've progressed whilst here I mean obviously with promotion comes sort of more responsibility I'd love it if I was able to have more responsibility but without necessarily the pressure to be working 24-7 as well because I've got a child at the same time so I'd still like to have some time with her and yeah feel a little bit in control of it as well. Yeah. So tell me, and I'm making notes as we go, tell me about a little bit more about each of those things, because you've said that you want to be recognised for my work. I would like a promotion and I would like to feel that I deserve that promotion. I would like to feel like I'm progressing and I'd like more responsibility without the pressure to be working 24-7. And then you lastly added more control. So with this magic wand, you've asked for five things. And that's fine. That's fine. I didn't put a cap on the magic wand. But what I'd like to do now then is let's hear a little bit more about what each of those things would look, sound, feel, taste like. So what is this recognition? Say more about that. So I've been at the company for a couple of years. The clients really like me. They like my work. Get on with me. It feels like the company doesn't really care (laughs) that unless you're making a huge fuss, you just don't get promoted and you don't get recognised really for your work. I think that's born from that frustration of if I get my head down and do my work, it won't be recognised. I have to proactively PR myself, which is true of most roles, unfortunately. I definitely feel like when I do, I feel very uncomfortable <laughs> doing it. It doesn't come naturally to sort of boast about my own work. What recognition do you get from the clients? A mix, really. Just thank yous <laughs> is basically it. the biggest one. When I had my first baby, I had a client who sent a bouquet of flowers which was really nice to my home so just small things like that where I feel like they appreciate me and they appreciate the work that I do for them that's probably the biggest thing obviously as well if they up the fee and in terms of monetarily that's also great but I work for the thanks rather than for the money <laughs> so it sounds from what you said you, you said you know you don't get promoted or recognized unless you make a fuss and you have to actively PR yourself is there anybody in your PR firm who you notice gets recognition without making a fuss there's one or two that did get promotions but they are very close to the CEO and are in contact with the CEO. And I think that's currency in our company. That's basically the key. If you know the CEO and you talk to them regularly and have share clients and that sort of thing, then you're in. But if you're not, it's very difficult 
yeah, it's difficult to move up. So given what you've said about how it's the cultural norm to have to PR yourself, unless you're very close to the CEO, where does that take your thinking about how you're going to get your recognition and what you might want to do to get it? I hit a point where I think, well, either I need to do something that isn't me to get there, as in, do I need to change myself and the way that I present at work in order to be taken more seriously? Or do I just lay back and go, okay, well, what will be will be type thing. You know, it doesn't matter if I get a promotion or not. I'd rather just stay, keep myself in the process. I find that balance really hard. And it's interesting because you separated out recognition from promotion. Or I don't know whether you were thinking about those two things together. And it sounds as though you get some recognition from your clients. And I wonder whether there is more that you could do to recognize yourself and to notice the great impact that you're having on clients. I suppose that will only take you so far if what you're looking for is a promotion. So to have that pay rise, does the promotion come with a change in title and come with a change in responsibilities or is it purely financial? It's a title. I'm fairly sure it's a financial promotion too. It's all very cloak and dagger, but it's definitely a title thing. In terms of responsibility, maybe I can't really see much difference between what someone above me does and what I do maybe there is a lot and I'm sort of missing it because I'm not doing their job and in terms of recognition from clients yeah it gets me so far I think part of the problem at the moment is that I'm not working for a lot of my clients that I really enjoyed working for because I've been forced to go on to this other client who are grateful and pay a lot but I'm not really doing my best work because it's not the work that I've been trained to do. I'm slogging away at something that's not coming naturally because it's just not what I've been trained to do, really. It's not what I've got experience doing. Yeah, I know. And you mentioned that in your notes to me. And thinking about the promotion and the recognition, when you said you've got to do a PR job on yourself, does it have to be you that's doing the PR job? Or could it be someone else who toots your horn to borrow a phrase from Sheryl Sandberg (laughs) yeah it could be someone else it could be they've just implemented some sort of semi-decent looking managerial system with annual reviews and you know revolutionary HR things like that but I am not sure if I have much confidence in that system because in a way people will continue making decisions as they were before but with a piece of paper in front of them which they can lightly refer to. I've said several times to my manager that I would really like to be considered for promotion and be put forward for one at the next round so I think that's the end of this year. Does that work within your time frame then? I'm not sure when you're going off on that leave. I'm due in May, mid-May. So it would hopefully, unless they are very, very slow, (laughs) it would work. My only concern is, and obviously it's completely illegal, but that they would think about not giving me a promotion because they would have to pay me more for my mat leave and that sort of thing. Mm, Yeah, and we know how rife that is, don't we? Yeah, and it's obviously not something that they could say to me, but I, I just wonder if it's in the back of their minds. During an economic downturn, it's not the most improbable thing. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to this idea of someone else tooting the horn, it sounded as though you might have had someone in mind. I just was thinking about the people that like me and think I do a good job. And 
it's a tough one because the ones that like me and think I'm doing a good job are often the ones that are similarly not necessarily got the ear of the CEO. And so we're a bit the sort of not outsiders, but the shadow of the company in that we all chat and moan about the same things. And they're the ones that probably see my best work just because we work together on those accounts that I do work on. But there are a couple who who do have the ear of the CEO and who I get on with. So I guess there are sort of ways in. But I find it difficult. What do I say? Do I say, oh, you know, I'd really like it if you could just call up the CEO and tell him I deserve a a promotion or... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And I think, you know, if I sort of step out of a coaching space and think more of a mentor now, be more of a mentor to you, then I think there are ways and means of doing this. And I think one good way of getting people to advocate for you is initially to chat to them and find out how they have gone about doing something like this and whether they've encountered tricky situations like this. So first of all, to hear their experience and to get their advice on what you might do. So if there was someone that you could go and have a chat to who does have the ear of the CEO and say, look, this is, and obviously you would do it in a very professional, respectful way, but just sharing your thoughts and feelings around, I know the way that things get done around here is you've got to do a good PR job on yourself. That's not something that really sits very well with me. What would your advice be to me on how I perhaps put myself forward and make the case for my promotion so you're almost sort of chatting through with that potential advocate your difficulty and seeking advice from her or him as to how they might handle it and it might be they quite naturally say oh you know well look I know how great you are I know what you've been working on let me chat to the CEO let me so they might naturally step into that advocacy role without you having to do it but I do think the way to get an in is to go seeking these people's advice here's my situation how would you handle this that's a really good idea I could definitely see that working in terms of getting them thinking I mean when I went down to a four-day week it isn't a company policy at all they're very anti it as much as they are legally allowed to and I basically went around all the partners and said that I work with and said oh I'd like to do this if possible and they had to all vote on it in a partners meeting vote on whether they'd be happy for me to do it or not and as soon as I started chatting to them oh yes absolutely of course and then they all sort of reported back to me saying oh yeah everyone was really happy and keen for you to do it And I feel like it was all because I sort of took them on one by one as opposed to at the partners meeting suddenly being faced with, oh gosh, this is the first time I'm going to think about whether Chloe should go down to a four day week or not. I don't know what to think about that rather than, yes, she's explained what she wants and why she wants it and how she's going to make it work. And I think she can do it. Brilliant. Yeah, what you did, you socialised the idea in a one-to-one setting, which meant that each person had to take responsibility for thinking this situation through and coming to their own conclusion about what you were asking for. And I think that could be the kind of route that you're going to take with the pay rise. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that we've got an idea for you to take away then there. So That's great. Good, I'm pleased. How about then we move on to this third aspect that the magic wand is going to give you, which is about feeling like you're progressing. And um, Tell me about how you would know that you are progressing. What's that like? Part of it is having people respect me. I mean, that sounds a bit dictatorial, but more just having a bit of my own work and discipline. The type of work I do, being quite clearly defined 
think at the moment people think I'm a jack of all trades and so they just put me on any old thing that comes in which you could take as a flattering aspect of it in that they think that I'm capable of doing a lot of different things and adapting but I'd quite like to feel like okay she knows what she's doing in this area we've got to go to her for these 10 things that she really knows about and therefore I can cultivate an area of knowledge and expertise and grow within it rather than being spread extremely thin on a hundred different things that people have asked me to do. So I feel like that's, for me, the progress side of things. I'd like to have an area that is respected and that I can grow and get new clients and then help cultivate within the company and move forward rather than I feel like part of my not progressing is that I'm just being asked to do so many different things at the same time. Yeah. And I'm curious to know whether you know what those areas are. You talked about 10 areas and maybe that was just a number that you picked out. Yeah. But do you know what you want to be known for? Yes. I have a colleague of mine who's very specialised in sustainability, for example, and that's a really easily defined area in a way. My areas would be corporate communications, which is slightly more difficult to define. But I have a set of skills and experience that goes with it that I feel confident about and would like to continue to do and pursue. So, OK, so I think this comes back to doing that PR job again, is that while you're not making it known what your strengths are, what you enjoy, what you would like people to go to you for, it's not coming your way because people are seeing you as accepting anything as being malleable. I think jack of all trades, that's a kind of disparaging way to describe you, but clearly very adaptable and skilled in multiple areas and flexible. So what do you think some of the steps might be to get your colleagues to see you as someone that has really rich and deep expertise in corporate comms? Some of it I've already been doing, but clearly not to a huge amount of success. But I guess showing enthusiasm for those areas. So when I hear of, and part of it's just a capacity issue of not having enough time to that, do this sort of thing. But when I hear of new business in an area that I'm interested in, going and talking to the partner and saying, I'd love to be part of the team. If there's anything you need, I'm here. You know, basically advocating and promoting myself, but by showing enthusiasm, not saying I'm the world's foremost expert, just saying I'd be keen because people like people who are keen. So I think that's probably one way of doing it. And then the second way of doing it would be going out and drumming up new business in that area. Mm. You know what, I'm really pleased you said that actually, because I know from the work that I and my colleagues do in lots of businesses that are a sort of practice with partners is that partners love it when other people are getting involved in business development. And that's a thing that makes a difference between someone who makes partner and someone who doesn't. And I don't know whether that's something that you're aiming for, but it's the ability to bring in new business. You've only got to practice if you've got either fantastic repeat business, so clients that you're delighting time after time, or a stream of new business, or, you know, the combination of the two if you want to grow. So, you know, what are your thoughts there in this new business space then? Because I think that that's something the partners would absolutely love. Mm, I am keen. I feel like part of it is not to make excuses. It really is having enough time. Mm-hmm. My hours are really limited now. I just can't pull the nights and 
you know, I just can't really do much of that at the moment without giving up family time, which I'm not really willing to do. So I keep coming back to this thing of, well, if I don't have time to do that, then maybe I should just coast for the next few years and not really expect too much from work. But it's sad because coasting, I find that a really sad concept in my mind. So I'd rather grow and keep growing. I just have that capacity issue. And I, my husband keeps saying I need to make time. Well, come on. I mean, Chloe, capacity is a real thing. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you just need to make time because it's obviously important to you. You know, you are a pregnant woman who needs to take care of her own health. You have a day job to do and you have got a small person in your life who wants your time that you want to give your time to. And let's face it, you cut your mat leave short to go back. So you probably went back thinking I was going to have a little bit more time with my first child. So let's put that capacity issue to one side for a second. And well, let's just accept that it's real. I imagine that you have got some ideas around business development and it might be that simply sharing some of those ideas with the partners. You know how sometimes people just need to see where your thinking is at and see your intentions, see your motives, see your drive, even if you're not doing the new BD for the people who hold the purse strings and the power to give you a promotion and to help you progress, if they can see your hunger, see your ideas, see what you're capable of, that's going to take you part of the way. And it may be that I'm thinking about a coach I was working with recently where we were talking about how she might actually get involved in doing more BD and less of the actual work for the clients because BD is something that she's really interested in and most people in the firm, it's a law firm, don't want to do that. So you just never know until you start having the conversations and start signalling that that's something that you think you've got the ability to do and would like to do. I wonder where that takes your thinking. Yeah, definitely. I'm just such an impatient person. Um, might not sound like it but I really am (laughs) at my core I just want to do it so when I talk to people and I really need to talk to people in order to get ideas and get creative I'm not one of those people that can sit on my own and come up with a hundred amazing ideas yes I think that is a really good point is just even advocating and talking and getting other people to think about things in a certain way would be great and it is something like your other coachee that you're talking about I'm really interested in business development and not really shown that side of me very much Mm. since joining an agency. So I used to be in-house. It's a completely new area to me and I find it wildly frustrating the way we do it because we don't have a very transparent way of negotiating fees and keeping fees high and being profitable. It all seems to be a bit wishy-washy and that's something I really wanted to get involved with and that's sort of fallen by the wayside because I just don't have much experience in it but I feel like there must be a better way of doing it than to just have partners ad hoc look at fees every so often and say oh this is unprofitable now but not tell the client or advocate all these sort of things which I'm just like oh there must be a better way of doing this there should be a person that could just come in and say okay, your five clients are unprofitable. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to communicate? Do you want me to go and have a talk with them? Just make it a more efficient account in some sort of way. 
it sounds to me as though you've got some ideas in there. If someone came to me in my business, someone who works with me and said, look, I've been giving some thought to how we could go about doing new business development better so it's more efficient, more effective, I would be all ears, Chloe. And I don't think you have to have all the answers worked out, but you can say, you know, I've got some ideas. Is this something that we can talk about? Or even, I know you said that you haven't got the time, but your husband is saying you need to make the time. I wonder whether this might be something that you take almost as a side project, that you have your husband's permission to spend some family time. That sounds so old school saying permission. You know what I mean about, you know, in in any relationship, you've got to be clear on when you're working, when you're not, and you've both got to agree to it. It's something that he sounds supportive of you finding time to do, that this might be a bit of a side project for you and see this as something that you want to have worked on and be able to present something to the partners in the next couple of months. Because it's that kind of thing that's going to tie into people seeing you as worthy of promotion. It's something that will get you recognition. And also, dare I say, if you did decide that you wanted to go out solo after your second child, then you have spent some time thinking about business development strategies in and amongst partners of a PR agency and getting their feedback almost on your strategy for attracting new clients that could stand you in good stead for if you went out alone. So it sounds as though they were spending time on that could tick multiple boxes. Yeah, we're a very small firm, but yeah, there's a lot of politics in such a small firm in terms of treading on toes we have a CFO and accounts team and they're very closed off about how they run things and I'm a little bit nervous that's my only thing I'm a little bit nervous about treading on toes and saying well surely we should be doing things like this and this and this and they go well we've tried it thanks very much we know how to do our job that that's my only concern I think and hesitation of diving in and saying I've been in an agency for two years now I know how to improve things. Do you have to position it like that though do you have to position it as I'm an expert or could it be another pair of eyes and I've got some ideas you know would you like to hear them? Well it's interesting because on this account that I've really not (coughs) enjoyed working on (coughs) sorry Chloe a coughing, no, fit. No. coughing fit that's never good in a podcast is it oh, a no. excuse me one minute you've got a glass of water <laughs> I do I've got some lovely pucker tea by my side so I'm going to take a big swig and hope that brings me back <laughs> <laughs> you know when you just get a bit of dust a and tickle it's not yeah good mm. <laughs> a tickle in the wrong place carry on I'm all <laughs> I'm back no from resort what was I saying yes on my new account it's not my area of expertise. One thing I am getting from it, which is really interesting, is account management. So the partner I work for in this has very strict account management style and discipline. And I think it's what we should be doing across all our accounts. So she actually shows us, for example, the budgeting spreadsheet and gets us to input on that and make sure that we're profitable. And when I have new bits of business that come in from this client... Um, we are in charge of writing out the scope of work and making sure it's a profitable quote that we're sending over. You know, all these things which I think are really good skills to learn. Very, very valuable. And I've not seen us do it on any other account. I'm not even sure we do do it on the other accounts. I don't even think the partners do it on most of their accounts. I think they just are sort of blindly working on them. 
which seems to be fine. You know, the business isn't going under anytime soon. But yes, I do wonder if I have a way of almost stealing that <laughs> budgeting concept and taking it to other clients and saying, I've been working on this one client's really good way of budgeting and I wonder if we should adapt it to these other accounts and think about how we use our time on them. I think that's a really good idea, appropriating what one partner is doing. Mm. I was actually talking to one of the other partners that I'm very friendly with and I was saying, oh yes, and she showed us how to do this and this and he said, oh, why hasn't she shared that with us? Ah, I'd be interested to see that. And she's going on maternity leave soon not to sort of do things behind her back but you know it might be an opportunity while she's away to say have we looked at doing this because I have a system that seems to be working really well this is the most profitable account we have in the whole of the business is there a way of learning something from it for the other accounts we have and just me still staying in a mentoring phase rather than wearing my coaching hat you ask a question there you phrase that as is there something we could learn from this and I'm wondering whether there's something that you could do that's a bit more proactive Mm. which might be more about I've had a look at this and it seems to me there are probably three or four things that are being done differently on this account Mm. and for you to shine a light on the difference. What do you think to that? I think that's a really good point. There's definite things that we can learn from it, but I am also a little bit nervous in that I don't have any of the information for the other. I don't have the breakdown of the information for the other accounts. I'm not privy to how many hours we spend on it, that sort of thing, which is sort of necessary to do those calculations. But I definitely think that there are things that I could pull from it and say, you know, I'd really like to. <coughs> I'm sorry, Chloe, it's ridiculous. Really crack on, <laughs> keep popping. <laughs> you know, I, know, I just think I'm going to keep these in because isn't it hilarious? It's just real life that, that coughing happens. My husband always says it's really funny when you watch a film or a TV show and someone coughs. There's got to be a reason for the cough because you don't <laughs> just get people coughing on TV. And isn't there? It's always the start of something really dramatic if someone starts coughing. Yeah, it's, it's who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to leave the cost in it's all funny so go on sorry I totally took you away from your train That's of thought right. with my coughing fit no but I think it's a really good point and I think I can phrase it I can find a way of saying it as more of a I've learned these things and I would really like to have a go at applying them on these other accounts if you were able to share some of the information then I'd be really happy to see if we can apply the same budgeting spreadsheet sounds extremely dull but (laughs) no it doesn't doesn't. it's really important to the running of the account that we know and especially I think at my level there's definitely a thing in the business of well you're not high enough to know or be told these things to understand this thing but I think it's something that all levels should know and understand on profitability because everyone should have in the back of their mind that their time is precious and what time do you spend on what accounts and what you do for them matters it counts and if we are to go to clients and ask for more money we need to say why and if we don't ask for more money then we need to make sure we are being profitable oh I love the way you just described all of that you sounded so definite (laughs) so certain so full of conviction and as I was listening I was imagining 
an article on LinkedIn. You know how that's one of the best ways these days to showcase your expertise, both be an advocate for your practice, as well as perhaps it just reflecting well on you on your LinkedIn profile, but something around profitable PR firms or that came to me as you were talking. So we're almost out of time. We haven't covered the second aspect, which was (laughs) about what's next and the reassurance. my entire life ahead of me. It's great because I feel like I've got a couple of things that I can take away and action. And that's going to help me, as you've said, especially with the business and profitability side of things, with possibly finding another role somewhere else, a more senior role. But also, if I did ever think about doing it on my own, I need to know how these things work. I need to understand it. I can't just jump in blindly. I hear you. So our conversation today, tell me about if I was a fly on the wall in your home workspace, because you're not in the office at the moment, I don't imagine. No. And I was buzzing around and I was listening and taking it all in. What sort of things would I see or hear you doing differently to help you with your agenda, which is to be recognised for your work, to be promoted, to feel that you're progressing, to get more responsibility without the pressure to be working 24-7, to have more control. What actions would I be seeing or hearing you doing over the next few months? Advocating for myself with senior people that I know and get on with and asking for their advice and help and hopefully getting them to think about me in a more senior role and doing some of the advocating themselves. I think that's definitely something I'm going to be taking away and doing and also seeing if I can adapt some of the learnings I'm getting from this budgeting crash course (laughs) on this client on my other clients and making those accounts more profitable but also having a think about new business and how are we going to do some more business development, especially in the areas that I am keen to be working on. And even just having conversations and brainstorms around events and that sort of thing that we can be doing would be a good start. I am so pleased. That sounds really good, really good. And I wish you well with your pregnancy. And perhaps you'll loop back in a few months and let me know what's happened. Definitely, definitely. Because I'd love to hear... Chloe, it has been a pleasure to spend 45 minutes with you this afternoon. So thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Chloe dropped me a line after our conversation to say it had given her lots of energy to tackle her work situation, which is just great. And if you're in need of a boost, perhaps you'd like to have a coaching conversation with me for season two. If you would like to, go to the website comebackcommunity.co.uk and click on podcast on the top right. And there you can make a request. We've also got Twitter and Instagram accounts, which are both at comebackcomuk, find it in the show notes, where I'm sharing what I hope are useful resources. And as ever, if the conversation today has moved you in any way and you'd like to tell me about it or ask a question, the easiest way is on Twitter. And remember, there are more free goodies to support your return over on comebackcommunity.co.uk. It's also a place I'd love you to tell your HR director about because we've developed a fantastic employee experience for people taking leave that we want more people to benefit from. And finally, every month we run a free Comeback Conversation event. These are live themed problem solving sessions with me and a guest. They happen on a Tuesday night, 8pm GMT. They're pithy, practical and positive. And did I say they're free? You do need to register though. So go over to the website for details on how to do that. 
come in your PJs, sit on your sofa or listen while you're eating your dinner or perhaps while you're enjoying afternoon cake and coffee if you're in New York. And until next time, thank you for being with me.